Welcome back, folks, to another Soul Driven Interview. Thank you so much for joining us. I am very excited to introduce you to today's guest, Lee Chapin. She is someone that I have worked with in the past who actually really had a pretty big impact on my life. And I'm going to get to that in just a minute. But first of all, I have two awesome events to share with you. The first one is this Thursday. So tomorrow night, it is a free event. It is a panel discussion with myself and Sherry Purbeck, who I've had on this podcast two times. She's a psychic medium and angel practitioner. And also Lori Gifford. She is a spiritual counselor and tarot reader. And we are talking all about stepping into your spiritual gifts. Uh, well, we're going to have questions asked. We're going to be sharing our stories. We're going to be giving tips and pointers and all kinds of fun things. It's just really going to be a great evening. So that event is 7.30 to 9 p.m. tomorrow evening. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to sign up for this event, all you have to do is go to sherryperbeck.com. That is S-H-E-R-I-P-E-R-B-E-C-K.com and sign up there. And you can also check out uh, Soul Driven Podcast, our Instagram account. We've been posting about it and you'll be able to get a direct link there in the bio. <laughs> I'm like, where's my brain? Where's my brain? Okay. And also this month's Soul Driven Collective Workshop. I'm super pumped about this. It is called Tap Into Allowance with Lindley Welty, who is a certified pro EFT practitioner and a mindset coach. She was interviewed on the, on the podcast earlier this year. And you may or may not know what pro-EFT is, but I'm sure you've heard about tapping. It is tapping on different areas of the body to release different energies. It is so powerful. When I first met Lindley, her and I had connected through an entrepreneur community. She was just launching her business and we traded for a while. I was coaching her through building out her brand really just kind of connecting with herself and her business what it was she wanted to do and she was working through tapping sessions with me and it's powerful Lindley has a lot of gifts when it comes to working with people and really helping to release things so our focus for this month's workshop is called tap into allowance and that is basically for anyone who needs to release emotions around polarizing thoughts. If you've been walking around really feeling like it's me against the world or, or my group against that group, if you are seeing all of these polarities, if it's been causing you stress and anger and just really taking away from your peace, this is going to be an incredible way to tap out those emotions and to really kind of come back to center and help us all to start seeing one another as one, which is what we truly are. So that is Tuesday night next week. 
September 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Tickets are $11, but if you are a member of the Soul Dripping Collective, then of course it is free to you. If you would like to find out more about this event, make sure to check out the show notes and um, and or on any of the um, bio links on Facebook or Instagram. You will find a direct link there. But anyway, so let's talk about today's guest, Miss Lee Chapin. So a little bit of background before I share her bio with you. And I touched on this briefly in the podcast, but I was introduced to her by my psychotherapist and um, who knew that I was in need of a psychic reading. And it was really cool because um, Judith, who has also been a guest on this podcast, who's my psychotherapist, was like, I think Lee would be perfect for you because, you know, she's also... um, has a a bachelor in in psychology, she's a counselor, but she's a psychic. And when I went to her website, I just, I was like, this is perfect. She knew what the Akashic Records are, she talked a lot about Jesus, which Jesus is one of my main guides in this life. And um, yeah, so I signed up for a reading with her and it was huge. It was life-changing to say the least. She shared information with me that, uh, well, it's information and that I have been working through for the past year that was all about not just myself, but mainly about my relationship. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't want to jump into all the particulars, but suffice it to say, I knew then that I wanted to have Lee on the podcast at some point. Her story is mind-blowing. It's just incredible. And it was really cool to get to sit down with her and dive into that story and to learn just more about what she does, how she is. I mean, she's truly just spiritually soul-driven, just across the board. Um, Okay, so her bio. Lee has a master's degree in counselor education and a bachelor of science in psychology with over 40 years combined experience as a psychotherapist, spiritual counselor, teacher, motivational speaker, author, licensed massage therapist, healing energy practitioner, and an associate pastor. Reverend Lee is the owner of Celestial Connections, offering spiritual counseling, spiritual healing, intuitive guidance, and channeled messages from the ascended masters and the angelic realm. Her non-denominational ministry focuses on uplifting all those in spiritual need regardless of faith. Her traveling ministry includes teaching and counseling those in the U.S. and around the globe. Reverend Chapman published her second book, Divine Union, The Love Story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, in March 2017. She has produced a number of CDs, and you can find out more about her work at leechapman.com and on Amazon. Just a little side note, the book Divine Union is amazing, amazing, amazing. Not just because you get to learn the story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene that was like channeled through from both of them, so you're learning both sides of the story, but you actually get to have the most in-depth story of 
who Jesus was, what he came to this planet to do, and what his life path was all about outside of what any organized religion will share with you. So all that to say, let's dive into today's interview. I hope you enjoy it, and thank you again for being here. I'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. Welcome back, folks, and thank you for joining us for another soul-driven interview. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Lee Chapin a divine oracle, <laughs> a direct voice channel for the Ascended Masters and Angelic Realm. Did I say it right? You did. You did yes. good. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> you did Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Yes. It's wonderful to have you. Thank you for being here, Lee. You are welcome. You, uh, <laughs> I'm glad to see you. You're just delightful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So for everyone who doesn't know, which is everyone, except for my partner, I suppose. Um, I was introduced to Lee from Judith, who I've had on the podcast before. And Judith, uh, we were working together and she said, you've got to, uh, we both decided that I should speak with a psychic of some kind. And, um, and she was like, oh, Lee would be perfect. And she gave me Lee's information. This was last fall. And I looked up her website and it was, it was incredible. Serendipitous, of course, how it always is. <laughs> I read about her bio and how she works with Jesus and the Ascended Masters, which I've always had such a big heart for Jesus. And, um, and then so much more about her background, the Akashic Records, just a number of things. And I thought, yes, this is perfect. So I was fortunate enough to have a session with Lee and she's amazing and I'm so excited to have her on the webs on the website on the <laughs> podcast because well she has a very unique background and we're going to get into that in just a moment but first I like to start with the question I ask all my guests what makes you soul driven well when you asked me that question uh before the interview I was like and then it's like, I was born that way. I know I was born that way because when I was 10 years old, I remember thinking I'm going to do something important in my life, but I don't know what it is. And at 10 years old, you're still playing with, well, I was at this time, my trolls and my Barbie dolls. And I used to sit under my tree and, you know, it was that vague feeling. And then um, in 1993, I started channeling uh, the masters and, there you go. <laughs> so I think my soul was directing me at a young age, preparing me for my future, as our soul is preparing all of us for our future. But uh, 
I just remember that vague feeling sitting underneath my tree um, 55 years ago. So it's been a long time ago. Mm. So you just always knew. You always felt like you were supposed to do something special? Yeah, I just had that vague feeling. I forgot about it, really, to be honest. And then um, it was one of those fleeting things, you know, that came through when I was a young girl. I remember thinking that. But when I wrote my first book, The Twelve Master Teachings of Christ, back in 2003, um, that was in in the foreword of my book. And uh, so it just triggered that remembrance when I started working with the Holy Family and Jesus and began that journey with my work now that it's like, oh, that's what, that was what I was feeling, you know, back when I was 10 years old. Hmm. So did you have, did you you have like any understanding of it back then when you were 10, that it would be something spiritual that you would be doing? No, no, (laughs) absolutely not. No, I still play with my Barbie dolls. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's fair. Jumping Jumping rope, you know, whatever kids do it when they're, you know, 55 years ago. Interesting. So, no, 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 no awareness. And I, I did not know I was psychic until, you know, I started channeling. So that, that I did not know that I had these abilities until 1993. So I, I didn't grow up with um, intuitive abilities that I remember or recall. Uh, I was just living my life, doing my thing. And then um, I always believed in God and, and, and was interested, interested in metaphysics, uh, in my early twenties. But, um, I had no clue what my journey was going to be. So it's been an interesting journey. (laughs) That's for sure. Okay. So where did you grow up in a religious home? Did you have any relationship with God when you were younger or anything of that nature? I did not. And I'm really grateful for that. I, I always believed in God, but, um, my mom didn't take us to church. My dad and stepmom uh, belonged to the Assembly of God Church, but I didn't connect to that. I didn't really connect to religion. I didn't. I tried to go to different churches with some of my friends when I was like junior high, but something always seemed sort of like I didn't connect with it. Uh, and then when I was 28 years old, I met my spiritual teacher in Orlando, Florida, and then she introduced me to metaphysics and uh, spirituality, and that really clicked with me. I understood that. That was what I was searching for. But in terms of religious background, I'm really glad that I don't have a religious background, so I don't have anything to, like, deprogram from. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in a Christian home, and um, and I've always said I was just born into this life knowing God. It was never questioned for me or any of those things, and I totally, you know— carried around my Bible as a kid and really enjoyed parts of church. Not all of it, for sure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There was so much that I disagreed with, and I was considered by pretty much everyone in our church to be very uh, stubborn and willful and um, (laughs) obstinate, to to say the least. (laughs) Rebellious, I should say. Um, But there was always something there for me you know it was just God and in my own way that Mm -hmm. that I could find um so that's interesting but yeah I have so much to decondition from and so much (laughs) (laughs) it's like no it's really okay not to do this or not to do that so yeah I can understand how growing up without all of Mm -hmm. that would be that would be nice um yeah I think it was helpful for me I think it really was it kept me uh clear I'm really grateful for that. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of, especially nowadays, I have, a, you know, kind of these conversations with friends who also do spiritual work just about keeping that channel clear, you know, and how, mm -hmm. because there's so much coming in at us from like all kinds of different directions, you know, social media, um, maybe podcasts, even whatever it is that we are letting in. And, um, and I think that some of the, the most like powerful, provoking, inspiring teachers that I've met are those who really work to keep their channel clear from a lot of that. Uh, I don't prescribe to any of that. I don't listen to, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I don't follow other people's work. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of information out there. I just connect with my connection and that's where I keep it so that I don't have a lot of extraneous chatter and noise in my head and other people's information because I have my direct source and that's what I trust. So um, sometimes I think, oh, should I, you know, people send me stuff to read and I'm like, I don't want to look at this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need to. And but, so, you know, I'm glad people look at my stuff. That's great. But, you know, I'm not trying to be arrogant, but I'm just like, this is, you're right. I just, I don't have any need for that. So I, I wonder about it, but I, I'm busy anyway. So I, I don't, uh, I don't have a lot of time to, to do that anyway. And plus I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be quite frank, like it's, it's, um, something I talk about a lot on the Soul Driven podcast is, all the wisdom that we need is inside. We don't need to go out finding it in our exterior yes, world. That's right. So I definitely don't see it as ignorant or arrogant at all. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's go ahead. You mentioned a couple of times about your spiritual awakening, if you will, like when mm -hmm. all the lights turn on, you have this really incredible story aligned with Riki. And I would love for you to just share with us what happened um, in this life-altering event that just turned all the things on for you spiritually? Yeah, it was an interesting day. We all have to step back a bit. Uh, my spiritual teacher, Cece, in Orlando, introduced me to metaphysics. And then during that time in the early 80s, probably 84 or 85, I had a psychic reading from a lady from Oregon. And she told me that I had the ability to channel. And she showed me how to do or taught me how to do automatic handwriting and pendulum. And I worked with that for a while. And then, like most of us, I just sort of forgot about it. I went on with my life and really didn't think anything about it. She had told me about my spiritual guide named Grand. And um, I was interested in it, but I had changed from careers from a psychotherapist to a massage therapist and was working in my hometown as a massage therapist. And I thought, oh, my work will be with helping people do emotional release work through body work. That's what I thought my focus was. And so I was in my practice. And then one day, seven years later, after this lady told me about grand and channeling, I got a Reiki session from a friend and I began to spontaneously channel. And I knew that day that I was supposed to get some kind of a message that was coming, but I just thought it was some awareness of something during the Reiki session that I needed to help me heal and something. And lo and behold, I started channeling grand. And just in that moment, I knew it was grand. I knew what I was doing. It was like a light switch had turned on. I got activated and there was grand. And I remember my friend and I went and had pizza afterwards and we're like, did you make it up? Did I make it up? Did you make it up? Did I make it up? So we were like freaked out. 
So that was March 21st, 1993. And so I began working with Grand, uh, doing readings for people in uh, small group circles for four years. Then I moved into working with the uh, Archangels. And I remember Archangel Michael telling me, don't you remember me? Because I apparently didn't remember him. And I'm like, no, I don't remember you. I'm so sorry. I don't remember you. But they worked with me. And then I moved on to the Holy Family. And then that was a really a shock because then I equated the Holy Family with, with religion and Catholicism. And I thought, I'm not Catholic. I'm not religious. So I was like, why are they coming to me? And then I started working with anybody who wants to come. Cryon, Isis, Metatron, Melchizedek, uh, the Galactic Brothers and Sisters, the Syrians, any being that wanted to come that was of the light. So that opened the gateway. So um, for the last 28 years, I've just been expanding, expanding, and expanding. But on that, on that miraculous day, <laughs> Grand showed up. And apparently they'd been working on me for four years to get me prepared. So um, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was an interesting day. And Grand is your like main guide, correct? No, he's he was my main guide for four years. He's not now. He hardly ever shows up now, but he's still around because I work with the ascended beings. So Grand uh, was my spirit guide for four years. He actually he had told me that we were married another lifetime, and so he has great fondness for me, and so um, he looks after me. So apparently that was why he was assigned to me uh, to be the gatekeeper to open me up. Uh, until I could actually shift my vibration and my energy and working with the archangels and then the ascended family or the holy family and the ascended master. So um, grand still comes once a year. I have a celebration on March 21st every year to honor him. And every Monday morning, I channel the mystical teachings of Mary Magdalene. I've been doing that for 15, 17 years. I've lost track of time with a small group of people. And then I put that out on my YouTube channel. And so I invite Grand to come uh, on his anniversary, and he gets to talk to everyone. But he can come anytime. Uh, I just happen to honor him for that anniversary. I've been honoring him for the last 28 years now, so once a year <laughs> for showing up, saying thank you for changing my day, changing my life. So, Yeah, that's pretty that's, wild. It was wild. So <laughs> he, he, he told you that they had been working on you for four years to get you to that point? Is that correct? It would have been, had it been seven years since I had that reading with that lady. So it had been approximately seven years. So apparently they had been changing my energies, upgrading my energy, downloading me with information or reactivate, whatever they do to get you prepared uh, to be able to shift my energy, to be able to channel. So I don't know how it all works. I just know it just does. Somehow they changed my <laughs> vibration and I was able to do it. It was like they tuned me in, you know, I was like the radio, you turn in the you turn in the dial to get your favorite station. So apparently they were fine tuning me so that I could, you know, tune in to the, the higher beings. So couldn't, I won't know how this works until I cross over, but you know, I just have a snippet of understanding of it, but there's so many beings that, you know, channel now that they might have a, a better description or uh, of it than I do. But I, I just see it as like a fine tuning your favorite program, you know, on the radio They're They're just fine tuning you to, so you can get the, get the right channel. <laughs> So do you think then that um, in order to, like, I know, you know, like when I go in to read the Akashic Records, um, I know that I'm elevating, you know, my frequency. I know that I'm going to a different dimension to like channel the Akashic Records. Is that kind of what you're talking about in regards to like they were working on you to bring your vibration up so that you were like 
at a higher vibration sort of mm-hmm. naturally at all times so that when you wanted to channel, you could. Does that make right. sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're in our third dimensional bodies and we have our fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, beyond. And so they were raising my frequency from the third dimension. I don't know if it was to the fourth. I'm not sure. But they just elevated my energy enough so that I could hear because I'm telepathic. I'm clear audience. I'm also clairsentient, claircognizance, uh, clairvoyant, but my primary gift is clairaudience, where I'm here. So I telepathically hear uh, the words of spirit, and then it's like a stream of consciousness. So I'll, I'll hear, oh, Archangel Michael is here, and I'll hear a few words, and then I just open my mouth, and then it's like a stream of consciousness where I'm bringing their information through. I'm not editing it. Um, I'm not um, interpreting it. I'm just bringing this stream of consciousness in and I don't, I'm not hearing the words any longer. I'm just, I'm just talking like I'm talking to you. Okay. So, and, and, and just to clarify for folks, it was, um, it was on this day, right? When you had this, this Reiki session that like clear audience, clear sentience, clear cognizance, mm-hmm. clairvoyance all just kind of flipped on for you. Correct. Yeah. It's like a light switch. It turned on. Bink. I just remember I could hear, grand i don't remember what he said i just knew it was him <laughs> it was like oh it's the it's the the uh spirit guide from the, what this psychic had told me seven years ago pam it's like oh i knew it was grand i felt his energy i knew it was him it was like i knew what i was doing one minute i didn't know i could do this and the next minute was like i could do it some people have to get struck by lightning do you remember um what is that guy's name that wrote uh a whole bunch of books. Damien Brinkley, 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 Damien, uh, Saved by the Light or something. He's wrote several books. Um, he got struck by lightning, I think, a couple of times. And I actually met him in person. I go, how come you didn't get the message the first time? <laughs> I think he got struck like twice. I think. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, you know, I think I'm going to get it the first time. <laughs> Sorry, Damien. Sorry, Damien. But yeah. And yeah. Um, I was really lucky that mine was a gentle process. Let's put it that way. I didn't have to have a near death experience. I didn't have to get struck by lightning. You know, I was like, all I got to do is lay down, get a Reiki session, boom. <laughs> Easy. Well, but I would think, and I mean, I certainly want to know is like, I would think that if I went from like one day with in the dark, if you will, um, to the next day with all the lights on and all of my gifts activated, that that would be really mm-hmm. intense. Was that an intense experience afterwards? I mean, I, I've heard of other like psychics who kind of went through somewhat similar, you know, situations where all of their gifts kind of came online at one time. And like, they really had a difficult time being grounded and participating in real life for like a couple of years before they found that footing. Did you struggle like that or was it easy for you to acclimate? No, it was easy. Yeah. No, I didn't struggle. I was excited. I, I know I had to go into it, uh, but I continued to pursue, you know, my work, you know, from, for the last 28 years, I probably channel every day, you know, maybe not in the early days, but I just was dedicated to it. So no, I, I didn't, I don't remember struggling. Uh, I was busy with my massage practice and I wanted to develop my skills, but I wasn't intimidated by it. I wasn't afraid by it. I, I didn't have any fear. You know, I was possessed by the devil. Um, I didn't have any of those things. Um, I know that some people are afraid that you're going to get 
uh, wrong information. Only once in 28 years did Grand in the early days stop me when I was doing a session and said they were shooing some hoodlums away. That's the only time that's ever happened in 28 years. Now I know that I operate at a higher level. I tap into the beings. I know their energy frequency. I know Archangel Michael's vibration. I know Isis's vibration. I know Kryon's vibration. I know Jesus's vibration. So it's just like me being able to talk with you. You know, if you called me on the phone, I know your voice. So it's like, you know, this is Anya. So it's the same as when I work with these magnificent masters, I know their vibrational frequency. So I'm able to feel it and know that that's them. That's pretty incredible. I don't know that I've met anyone who hasn't, um, who hasn't struggled, especially if they kind of came into their gift pretty abruptly anyway, mm-hmm. with, with a lot of questions and a lot of, did you struggle with trusting yourself or trusting what was coming through? Oh yeah, that was natural. Yeah. That's what happens to, I mean, you were like, Oh, did I make them up or, <laughs> but I just, I, I, probably did in the, and I know I did in the beginning but I didn't let it stop me uh, I know as you talk about being soul driven I know this was my life's purpose uh, probably didn't know it then necessarily as I know now 28 years later but it's like I I just jumped on the bandwagon and just you know just was devoted to it as I continue to be devoted this is my life uh, and this is my service and this was my mission and so I don't know, I didn't stop because, you know, maybe I've had hesitancy, but I never, ever have said that I'm 100% pure channel because no one is. You know, we all have filters from our ego, but I trust in what I receive. And um, over the last 28 years, I'm pretty confident in my work. And so um, I don't really have a lot of doubts, you know, in, in the early days, sure. But, you know, as you've done this for 28 years, you like any other skill set that you develop, you get more proficient at it, just like playing tennis or, you know, being a podcaster or whatever, you you know, you know, practice makes perfect in a sense, you know, you just get better and better at what you're doing. And then you understand the process of how you're working. I know how I operate. I know how they work with me. So I don't really have any, you know, I don't have any stumbling blocks. And I'm, um, somebody said to me one time, well, what if, what if they never show up? And I'm like, well, that's never happened. (laughs) Um, I did have a couple of times where people's fear, I had one guy's uh, fear, whatever his energy was, he just blew my circuits out. It was just, it was a real strange experience. It was like all this black came. It was like a, you know, I couldn't read for him, but I think it was his fear. It was really interesting, but I've never had that happen before. Hmm. uh, If I can't read for somebody, uh, then I tell them that, but that's not, that doesn't, that's not, that's not even happened five times, you know, in 28 years. That's interesting. I'm persistent. I'm persistent. I just keep, you know, moving through. (laughs) Clearly, clearly. I think that's awesome. I think it's very cool. I mean, whenever I've heard these stories about people just, again, abruptly stumbling in, the lights turning on and them struggling, I'm Uh thinking like, man, I would love that. (laughs) Yeah. I would have, I would have had fun. I think, um, it's not been my experience. So it's, it's been more like building a muscle for me. Uh And I think in, in some ways it's something that I've always had and just didn't realize, you know, so it's a matter of, of realizing, um, that it's Mm -hmm. there, but yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't some like event where things just happen like that. Just happened. Yeah. With the yeah. light switch came on, I always say, it's like, oh, okay. So anyhow, <laughs> it, it's unusual, but that's what happened to me. <laughs> oh, I think it's incredible. I think it's very incredible. Um, so 
when did you, so you were doing massage therapy and the lights came on and mm-hmm. how, like, how did you kind of shift into working with clients? Did you like start doing readings first or like when did spiritual counseling come into the mix for you? Well, since I have a master's degree in counseling, I, it was a natural progression, but with my massage practice, I started working with my massage clients who had emotional issues or, or physical issues. I knew that were emotional based. So I started doing hands-on healing energy work combined with my intuitive work and my channeling to help people clear their emotions. So uh, for example, I had a lady, so I had certain clients I knew that I could work with. So then I call them my Guinea pig. So I had in the <laughs> early days and I had, you know, I had a clientele where, okay, this one person would understand. So I was giving a massage to someone and she was saying that her throat was closed off, that she was having trouble swallowing or something was happening with her throat. And I intuitively felt that she needed to speak up and that she needed to say something to her boyfriend. So I told her that. And then I did um, some Reiki or some clearing work with her throat and then began to channel a message to her. When she came back for her next session, she said the throat issue was cleared up, no more problems. And so it's like, oh, great. So that's how I started working with uh, those clients. And then, as always, word travels and all my work is by word of mouth and referral. I do have a website and I do have my work on YouTube, but most of my private sessions, almost all my private sessions are by referrals. So just through the past 28 years, I don't remember how this all happened. I just somehow it just people started coming to me and the doors started opening for me to be able to do my spiritual counseling. So I combined my psychotherapy skills, education, and training with my ability to hear spirit. And then I work with people helping understand, understand aspects of their life they're struggling with. So they're, they're, they're coming with health issues or relationship issues or need guidance with their career or they need guidance with on their spiritual path. Then spirit will come in and bring the information to help them assist them from what I call a higher spiritual perspective. So it's spiritual counseling in the sense that I'm not just doing the counseling, but I'm hearing they're bringing the higher wisdom through. And then people seem to understand the tickings of my work and pass it on to other people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty incredible how that, how that seems to work, how that seems to unfold. So you work with, of course, the Ascended Masters and the Angelic Realm. Um, can you explain to us what the Ascended Masters are for those who don't understand? Well, the Ascended Masters are many human souls that have incarnated on the earth that have, have moved through their self-mastery, such as Mary Magdalene or Mother Mary or Jesus, uh, Master Hilarion, uh, Serapis Bay, Paul the Venetian, so these beings have lived on the earth and they've gone through incarnation cycle after cycle and have mastered their soul lessons to be able to ascend into higher consciousness. Now they're working with us on the other side, helping us humans to also ascend, to move through our own self-mastery, our soul lessons, so that we too, because we are masters, but we're just re-remembering uh, uh, our true divinity. And so they're helping us to move back in to that I am presence and be able to not only help ourselves, but be able to assist humanity in moving through this ascension process that's taking place now in this new golden age of enlightenment into this new earth. So that's who they are. Okay. And the ascended masters. um, So I've always been curious about this and 
I'd love to get your take on it. Maybe you know, um, but like, so they've all lived human lives. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. They've, uh-huh. they've all incarnated on this earth. Right. So I know like Zeus, who is supposedly mm-hmm. in Greek mythology, which a lot of, I think isn't considered to have ever walked the earth and been real. Uh-huh. But, mm-hmm. but then I have heard that that's not true either, that he was a human as well. Do you know? Like there's a couple of people like that. Yeah, I do not know. No. That I do not know about Zeus because <laughs> I, I, haven't, I haven't channeled him, so I, I do not know about him. That's fair. Yeah, there's a there's a, a, a psychic that I'm um, I, I know a bit about her work. She also has a podcast, um, but she had written a book about ascended masters that I got, mm-hmm. and I was really blown away, like to see names and they're like Isis and some of these mm-hmm. names that we've heard about like through history, but I never even uh-huh. realized they had actually incarnated as humans before. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. kind of blew my mind. Yeah, they're here. They're they're here helping us, helping us along. So uh, helping us with helping fan. Each one teach one. Each one lead one. So, you know, we're here down here doing our work as, and they're up there assisting us. And they've been through the drill, and <laughs> so they're helping us. Well, I need it anyway. So <laughs> bring it along. Um, so I wanted to ask you on your on your website. It says that. Um, you're a, an oracle of the Akashic Records and a soul seer. So I'd love mm-hmm. to have you explain like what that means. Um, and also to learn more about like your own work with the Akashic Records, just to better understand that. Well, I work with the Akashic Records with the Ascended Masters. And so Archangel Michael particularly will work with me and he will channel the information. So I'll, I'll go into the Akashic Records or they'll be opened and Archangel Michael will actually access the information through my voice to help people understand their past lives that are affecting their current life. So I'll help people understand the predominant lifetimes that are affecting or influencing their life and the patterns and the archetypes that uh, are in need of um, being looked at and cleared and healed. So I work directly with Archangel Michael in the Akashic Records. So it's not just me alone doing that. But I see myself as a soul seer. I call myself as a soul seer because I actually work with a soul and I'm actually able to channel individual people's individual soul. So I'm able to see, feel, sense and tap into one's soul and help them to understand their soul purpose uh, and their um, their life lessons, not only through the Akashic Records, but when I'm also in doing a regular channeled reading, uh, I'm able to tap into that energy of one's soul if that's... Um, if that's what's being called for. Interesting. So when you say you're able to tap into the soul, like, do you mean like getting down to the very like root of who someone is? I mean, obviously the soul, right? But, um, well, I'll stop talking. <laughs> is that what you mean? Like when you are able to see the soul that you can see down to the very core of who they are and share with them from that point of view? I'm able to tap into what I call the soul matrix, where when I see the soul, I see it like a, I see it like a round circle in many ways. And I can see all the different lifetimes that are like spokes on a wheel. And I can see all these energy frequencies that are affecting and, and playing a part of the whole, the whole holyogram of our oversoul. So I'm able to simply tap into that energy of the soul and then whatever information needs to be extracted for that person for their highest good or what they need at this time in their life that they're working on or they need to have um, guidance with, 
then I'm able to go in and then extract that information. So literally I'm, I'm channeling someone's soul, but at the same time, I'm also seeing, um, seeing the different essence or the different essence selves that are affecting one's current life. Hmm. Okay. So when it comes to someone's like soul purpose in this lifetime, is it, is, is someone's purpose something that is kind of concrete? I guess the, I'll back up a minute. So I think that the way that I see it anyway, is that all of us are, our purpose is, um, to know God and then to help one another. That's just kind of the way that I see it. But then like how we go about it, like the practicality of that, you know, in regards mm-hmm. to career or passion or whatever is obviously different. Are those things set in stone for people or can they happen in a wide variety of ways? Well, I feel like before you're incarnated, I'm sure you already know this, that you make soul contracts and soul agreements and you have, you have a, a, what I call a design plan that you've orchestrated for your life before you come down. So you come in with uh, a certain um, uh, skill set uh, that will propel you into your soul mission, into your life's work. Uh, you'll come in with a certain people, players, circumstances that will help you to move forward into your pathway. So when I was young, I already knew that I wanted to get a master's degree in counseling. I, I knew at a young age that that was what I was going to do. I was going to be a therapist. I already knew that. I and I did. I got my bachelor's degree. Then I got my master's degree. Uh, then I worked in the field for 10 years. And then I moved out of it because it was really stressful. But I remember when I was working on a psychiatric unit, which is this is what my soul was telling me. Um, didn't Wasn't aware of it at the time. But I had an awareness that there was a better way of helping people than what I was doing. So I was working on a, a 15-bed short-term psychiatric unit here in my hometown. And it was like, it was just one of those epiphanies. It's like, there's a better way of helping people. Well, when I started channeling and now doing my spiritual counseling work, that it was my sole purpose. That was my soul telling me that there was more to what I was doing. So I'd already, you know, had made the decision at a young age, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Then I got my schooling and I worked in the field, but then my soul had more, more for me to do. So that way, then I, everything is progression of moving you into your soul pathway. Uh, I just happen to be fortunate for me that that was easy, you know, where some people, maybe that may not be so easy. They might have other distractions or other lessons that they have to find before they move into their soul pathway. But I always ask, follow your passion. And as you follow your passion, as you know, then that will lead you to, you know, what you're called to do. I have to ask you, I am really curious about, so from my, you know, very human perspective, um, like we talked about kind of in the beginning where you felt like, you know, you were here to do something unique, special, whatever the case may be. Um, And then of course, fast forward into time and you're working with ascended masters and these sorts of (laughs) beings, like, did you ever struggle with, uh, I don't know if it's ego. I don't know if it's whatever in regards to thinking like, am I good enough to do this? Am I like just, you know, being, um, cause I feel like it's, it's such an, such an incredible calling to be working mm-hmm. with the ascended masters and to be helping people in this way. I mean, I know that in the midst of my work with 
the Akashic Records and when I'm working with clients, when I get out of sessions, I'm just like, this is crazy that I even get to do this. Like, this is amazing. Um, but I still really struggle with like, am I good enough to do this? Am I, um, did you ever deal with that on your own? Well, when the Holy Family came, I struggled because I was like, why are they coming to me? It was like, oh my God, you know, cause I'd been working with Grand for four years and then I went to the Archangels and then, then the Holy Family. I mean, I had no idea who I was what my purpose was. So this was the early years. This was 1997, a long time ago when the Holy Family came. It's like, oh, why are they coming to me? And then I came to find that I had lived in the lifetime of Jesus and that I was Jesus's cousin and that my mother had died and that my mother was Mother Mary's sister and Mother Mary raised me and I was Mary Magdalene's best friend and I helped Jesus through the crucifixion as one of his female disciples. So when I began to understand that storyline, it's like, Oh, okay. That's when he came. Now it, you know, I don't want to say it's old news, but it's like, oh, you know, I'm comfortable with that. Is it true? May not be, but that's the story I'm sticking with. And that's the story I've been told. So it's like, I'm comfortable with that. So now it makes sense why I'm working with him. It makes sense why I felt um, this connection to the Holy Family. It makes sense that I'm able to do this work because I have, my devotion is to help bring the level of consciousness and the new energy here on the earth. So that was my mission. That was my sole purpose before I came. And so I stepped into it and I willingly have stepped into it. Uh, doesn't mean that I don't have doubts, but uh, like I said before, I'm really determined. And this, this really was, um, I haven't, um, I didn't forget about it. Like, like seven years prior when Pam, the psychic said, you know, do your little pendulum work and your, you know, automatic handwriting. I did not forget this. This is, this is, I've been devoted to this. I've, continue to to learn and study i've never taken any classes uh everything that i know i've been self-taught through the masters and uh, like i said before i don't really follow other people's stuff because i get my own information and that's where i uh, that's really all i personally need so i'm really 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 fortunate that people resonate with the information and that uh, they connect to it so that i can help other people and that other people are willing to listen because I don't listen to others, but, you know, I'm so glad they're listening to me. But, you know, I, that's my purpose, you know. So I, I just, all, all honesty, I just try to keep myself as a pure channel as much as possible with any extraneous noise that I don't need to really listen to. I love that. I was going to, I mean, there's been a couple of times already when I've been like, okay, so who were you in your past life? where <laughs> you came into this life and, and the lights just turned on and you just kind of, it, it feels like it was just so natural for you to step into mm -hmm. this work. It just, you know, like I don't yeah. feel any sort of tension or pressure or anything like that for you. Yeah. So yeah. no, it, it isn't. And that makes I, sense. yeah. And I, I, um, I do it with great honor and respect. I may talk about it easily, you know, take it for granted, but I really, this work is sacred to me and it often brings me to tears uh, because I know how sacred this work is and how blessed I am to be able to receive this. I know it's easy for me uh, to do this. I always tell people I'm not good at lots of things. I mean, I'm not, I'm not good at lots of earthly things. I don't think I, I'm just not, uh, but I'm really good at this. And so it's like, okay, good. I'm glad I'm good at this because I'm not good at, I don't have a lot of connection to earthly stuff that other people do. Uh, I'm not a very good cook and I didn't get married till I was 50 and I didn't have any kids. And so I didn't, I didn't do a lot of what other people did. I never had a lot of earthly interests. My 
since the last tweet, my whole focus is on spirituality. I have like one track mind, uh, but it's easy for me. And I'm grateful that I'm able to do this. It'd be nice if I, you know, I had some other talents, but you know, I don't know what they are. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know what they are. <laughs> but they might distract you if you did, you know? I mean, I think it's, I don't know. I think, um, at least for myself, I, I've, it, growing up in life, I've had, I've had multiple options when it came to doing different things. And that hasn't really, um, that hasn't always been the best because then when you have more, then you have more options and then you have more decisions to make. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that's, I don't know. That, it feels... Like I said, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily, like I wouldn't have even thought that you made it sound like it's easy, just that it just fully flows for you. It's in complete alignment, you know, mm -hmm. with yeah, who you does. are. Yeah, it does flow with me. I, I can channel it instantaneously. I mean, I can channel, I don't have to, I just always start with a prayer, but the flow is always there. I can do it just like that. Um, but I, I work with it in sacred purpose. I don't ever misuse my skills or my gift. I don't use it um, for fun. I don't use it for entertainment. I use it uh, when I'm working. And so when people ask me, oh, you're picking anything up on me. It's like, I'm not on all the time. <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I, in some ways I am, I can be, but I don't choose to be because I do still have to, you know, do my mundane things that I do here on the earth plane. Uh, I can do it, but I don't choose to be because I don't, and for me, I don't think it's healthy. Uh, I think that you have to have boundaries in terms of working with this energy because it can drain you. It can be really hard on your body. And um, I get, if I, I have to be careful because I'll get tired easy. So I have to modulate how much I can work and how much energy I'm putting into this because the vibration is so high that um, I have to be really careful. I have no interest in burning myself out. I have no interest in being sick. I have no interest in proving anything to anybody. I'm just here to try to help to the best of my ability and um, do the best job that I can and hear as clearly as I can and maintain that level of, um, of health and joy within my own life as I'm doing it. I'm, I'm not here to necessarily, I work a lot, but I'm not here to be a workhorse, you know, um, to, to, you know, because some people can get sick, you know, they overextend themselves. Yeah. It's a, it's a fine balance. Working with that energy, you have to be careful. Yeah. I mean, I know even just, you know, within working with the records, um, I can go into the records sometimes and the energy is so strong. It makes me just want to fall asleep, you know, just like mm -hmm. go curl up in yeah. bed. Cause it's, yeah. that was one of the biggest things I had to adjust myself to. Um, when I first started working with the records was the energy. It's just yeah. not, mm -hmm. not used to that. I called it like getting thrown into the washer because that was kind of how it felt. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and some people, if their their energy isn't elevated, then it's really draining. It's hard on them. It's yeah. hard on them to hold the frequency. Um, and it blows them out. I've just been really, really lucky. I, I don't know. I've just been really fortunate. Well, it was. So. it's just an alignment for you completely. Mm -hmm. um, so you wrote a book. Um it's called Divine Union, The Love Story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. I own this book mm -hmm. and love this book. Okay. Um, okay. I love my book too. <laughs> and this was channeled directly from Jesus and Mary Magdalene, correct? That is correct. From their own perspective. Yes. 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 Yeah. I loved how it was like his perspective and her perspective and like kind of going <laughs> back and forth. I thought that was great. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very um, heartfelt 
love story with um, with a message. Let's put it that way. What was it like channeling through the story of Jesus and Mary Magdalene? What was it like? Yeah. Well, I've been working with um, the Holy Family since 1997, so I'm familiar with it. It was uh, the chore was uh, getting the storyline right, you know, and making sure. I don't consider myself a natural writer. I consider myself a channeler. Uh, so to be able to put their words into a book and make it cohesive and to make it interesting and to bring it to life, that was the, that was the challenge. It wasn't, it wasn't channeling them. That's easy. You know, I can do that. That's easy. But uh, to put it together and, you know, make some sense out of the story. So anyhow, that was, yeah, that was the hard part. <laughs> Would you, <laughs> I can, I can definitely see how that would bring that, that kind of a story into this kind of a world would definitely not, would have some challenges attached to it. I did though. The only challenge I really had, uh, emotional challenge was I had hesitancy of, of what would people think and would people criticize me or were people ready to hear the story or people would believe me or people would um, try to hurt me or whatever it is, you know, I had to have, not have to have, but. Um, those were the challenges of that I had to reconcile before I put the book out. I've gotten so much positive review from the book and so many people telling me it's helped them and it's it's helped them tremendously that I don't even, this has been out now for four years, came out May of 2017. So it's been four years. So I've only got positive feedback. I've only got a handful of people of naysayers uh, that, have sent me little notes, but I don't pay attention uh, to it because I know that this was what I was supposed to do. And I don't know if it's a hundred percent accurate story. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying this is what came through me. This is what I was to share. If it resonates with you, then great and fine. Perhaps this is another alternative storyline, but um, I'm sticking with my story. Like I said, so this is (laughs) (laughs) sticking with my story. (laughs) And for those who haven't read the book, can you give us kind of an overview of what the story is? It's their life as twin flames and how they came into this lifetime to bring forth the the sacred balance, the sacred divine union within themselves. It talks about them being childhood friends and how they helped each other before, during, after the crucifixion, how they married, how they had children, and then how Jesus didn't die after he um, was on the cross. He actually lived on that his mission was to help us to show uh, that you lived in, in, in spirit, you're able to ascend your body into higher dimensional frequency, but he physically lived on. But it, the premise of the story is that they came together to begin to unite and part, partner within themselves, that they held the template for the sacred feminine and the sacred masculine energy 2000 years ago. They each held that, that template or that archetype and that they came together in the love story to begin to partner with themselves, because that's really what we are here to do. We're here to come back into union with ourselves, to return to our wholeness and our oneness, to our I am presence. Um, here on the earth plane, we have forgotten our oneness because we've came down here to re-remember. And so we've got entrapped in separation, but we also, because this is a planet of love, we um, are focused in some ways um with love in romantic ways versus um, divine love. So we get focused on finding love 
and we're focused on love, 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 love. That's why we like to watch The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, which is, you know, some of my, even though I'm, you know, do my work, those are my, you know, little frailties. I love to love those little <laughs> silly programs where they're searching for love all in the wrong places. But, you know, we're obsessed with love. And so the storyline was for us to be able to partner with ourselves, find the balance within ourselves of the male-female essence. And so then we could partner with, if we, if we were lucky enough in this lifetime, our twin flame, where the two twin flames are coming together to bring their sacred mission here on the earth plane. So this is really the storyline of two souls who've come together to find completeness within themselves, come together and to hold the energy for the earth so that we as humanity could ascend our consciousness, return to oneness, and help our planet to ascend as well. So what was, if, if you could just share a little bit uh, with us in regards to, and, and you kind of touched on it a little bit, but what was Jesus's um, true sort of purpose and mission outside of what the church has made it, you know, the Christian church, I would say specifically, has made it out to be? He always talks about his mission was, was bringing love, forgiveness, and peace to humanity. He held the template of love, forgiveness, and peace. So people could ascend from the human emotions, the lower consciousness, to be able to ascend into the higher frequencies, into the higher realms of consciousness. So his, his primary focus was helping us to find, to find self-love within ourselves, to forgive those who, again, who've trespassed against us, and to be able to understand that death is an illusion and that we continue to live on that we're here by divine appointment and divine purpose to be able to serve with the greatest and purest of love and that we can do as he did. So he was our brother uh, showing us the way, you know, leading us. But it was about uh, love, compassion, peace, uh, and forgiveness. And I wanted to touch on just kind of briefly, I'm not sure because I know you said you stay out of all the the hoopla online. There's a lot of, uh-huh. a lot of, I mean, twin flames has become like the most trendy thing. You know, everyone wants mm-hmm. to connect with their twin flame. And- <laughs> That's because they're still into this romantic thing. <laughs> they're still in that lower frequency of the third dimensional reality. So it's, I mean, it's all good, but it's, there's a higher purpose for that. Well, I'd love to hear like what your definition of twin flames is. Well, my understanding, and I may not be 100% accurate, but as a spirit, that we have two aspects of ourselves. We have our male essence and our female essence, and that we got sparked off. And so that other half of ourself is our twin flame. So originally when uh, I met my husband, uh, I was in meditation. He was sitting next to me. I felt, I felt him as the other half of me. It was really interesting. I could feel that he was the other half of my wing. I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? Didn't tell them that because I just hardly knew him. But so he and I come together. It isn't perfect. It never was. Um, And yet um, we've come to mirror to each other to hold the love for us to grow spiritually into the, of what we need to go into. So Twin Flames isn't always it's like soulmate that isn't always uh, easy breezy or perfect. Again, I think we continue to have that romantic notion of twin flames that um, you're cringing at. Uh, but really it is there that it's the other half of us that we're holding the frequency for our greater mission together, that we have a greater mission together. And if we're lucky enough to, to be with that person this lifetime or 
some of them, they say, are, you know, some are incarnated on the side, holding the space of love for us as we're incarnated. Uh, so regardless, the other half of us is helping us with our soul mission, either if we're, you know, in spirit form or, you know, we're in physical form, that we've, we've come together in that, in that purpose. That's my understanding of it. That's how I look at it. That may not be accurate, but that's how I see it. Sure, sure. So do you have any advice in regards to like how to recognize a twin flame or to know if if one is a twin flame versus like a soulmate or a karmic partner? And I do not accept just for me, I felt it, you know, it was a meditation. We were doing meditation, but I could feel it. For me, that was that, you know, I didn't make it up. So it's like, hmm, oh, okay. So I felt different than someone who is a soulmate. Soulmate can be, you and I could be soulmates. You know, we're from the same soul family. But again, for me, a twin flame is someone who's on the sacred mission together. Like Spirit had told me that um, uh, Prince Harry and Meghan are soulmates. Mm. You know, are not soulmates, but they're twin flames. Right. But they've come in with a specific reason, a specific person, purpose. So it's for people who come together in higher mission. Again, it doesn't mean that things are easy, but you've come with a, a higher mission. Or maybe soulmates are coming and you're still replaying some karma or, you know, you're trying to heal stuff. But to me, this is on a great, this is at a, 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 a higher spiritual level. You've come in with your sole purpose to come and do the work that you've come to do. Interesting. Just like Jesus and Mary Magdalene. So it's like yeah. you're you're both working towards the same thing. Mm-hmm. Working towards the same goal. Yeah, you, you got the memo. You got the memo. <laughs> and you're like, okay, we got the memo. This is what we're supposed to do here. Oh, okay. So does your husband, is he also in spiritual work as well? Um, well, it's interesting. We actually divorced four years ago, uh, but we're still, you know, have connection together. But yes, he was interested in my work and was. Uh, and then something shifted about four years ago. And then he uh, sort of fell more into the physical realm. Uh, so it's been a little bit, of, to be honest, it's been a struggle for me. But I'm beginning to now see that there's a purpose for that as well. So for me, it's about, again, it's all about coming into balance, which is leads us into Sarah's book, uh, which is the daughter of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. She, I'm writing a third book, which is um, some ways a sequel to Divine Union, where she's coming in as the template of the divine balance, where Jesus and Mary Magdalene, in a sense, struggled to find their balance. She was born into that balance and so now sarah's coming to help us to return to balance because we are in challenging times and that it's very important in this ascension process that we return to balance so i'm going back to don um uh, my husband or former husband um i believe that our separation was for me to be able to come back into union with myself because i was originally told I didn't get married till I was 50, so I was very independent. So I was told that I was supposed to, to become interdependent or dependent some way. Priestess Isis came in, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. And then one day, I was actually giving a massage, and I heard in my head that I was supposed to get married. We were going to Hawaii to a church conference, and I heard we were supposed to get married in Hawaii. It's like, it's time to get married. I'm like, oh, okay. So I tell Don, oh, we're supposed to get married in Hawaii at the church conference. I'm like, what? So, uh, lo and behold, we did. Very romantic. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, so crazy. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, it was like, okay, uh, things changed between us. 
And now I'm told that I was able to become more interdependent or dependent upon him. And now I have to go back in to find that balance of, of, of the balance between dependency and, and independence being whole and complete within myself. So this is partially why Sarah is writing this book. And so I have to go through this to understand this lesson. So my thing is make up your mind. What do you want me to do? You know, <laughs> make up your mind. What do you want me to do? But you know, it's been a challenge, but whatever, it's just a part. So now I'm understanding this is his sacred contract to help me, which I'm probably helping him, but he's helping me. And it was most interesting. Um, just a few nights ago, I heard his higher self say to me, I'm sorry, forgive me. So, um, because on our humanness, we get stuck in our humanness and then we get comfortable with where we're at and depending on people. And, you know, I've known Don 22 years. So, but I heard his higher self forgive me and I knew what that was about. So we're, 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 we're playing on other dimensions here of what uh, other forces are playing that we're always not aware of here in our humanness. Have you understand what I'm saying? For sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think that something I talk about all the time on this podcast and it's, I have it on my, on my phone, it's screensaver that says everything happens for our benefit, for my benefit. Uh Mm Um, and that doesn't mean that, you know, that mostly means when things are tough and when things are hard. And I Uh do feel like sometimes with spirituality, it feels like we're getting jerked back and forth with what it is that's going on. But at the same time, there still is that divine purpose there. We just may not be able to see the whole story at the time, you know, in the midst of it. Yeah, it's not easy. And that's where, you know, I'm not here to to, uh, poo-hoo twin flames or romanticize them. I'm just telling you that from my perspective, that we have a higher purpose. And um, and like you said, all that talk about twin flames, it's, it's again, because this is what I think, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but I, I think that people are still stuck in the third dimensional frequency of of love because that's what we're indoctrinated here on the earth. And we all want to, you know, find love, you know, and have families and, and go about our business that we do here. Uh, but uh, to get stuck there, uh, that that's, all there is in terms of, um, you know, if you're searching for your twin flame to, to have romanticism, then I think you might be missing the point. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I, I think um, we come into this life missing something, you know, the majority of us, and we're looking for that. And we don't know what it mm-hmm. is. And of course, it's love, but it's not necessarily romantic love. You know, it's connection with God, source, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And then I think also the love that comes from doing work that's fulfilling, you know, from giving of ourselves and absolutely romantic love as well. Sure. But it's not like just romantic work. And I think in our 3D reality, human bodies, oftentimes the romantic love seems like the easiest one for us to get, you know, so I think that's, that's why we have this this sort of like obsession with it Um, because it's like, well, that's doable versus like find your purpose, find your passion. How the heck do I do that? You know, I don't even really know what that is. Um, And then so many people struggle with the spiritual side too. So the romantic love aspect, I think is just kind of the easier thing to grasp at that we think is going to fill that hole inside of us, you know, that, that emptiness that's there. Um, Well, that's what, that's what Sarah's book is about. 
but also um, uh, there's a book called Many Are Called, Few Are Chosen by, I know our time is probably running close, but Heather Ann Harder uh, wrote Many Are Called, Few Are Chosen. I read it in the early 90s when I first started channeling. And there was a, a chapter there on the Great Conclave that was channeled by Lord Sananda, which is Jesus. And he had called all the light workers from different galaxies, star system, and planets to come forget their oneness and come to the earth plane to go through the cycle of incarnation to forget their oneness so that they could come to the earth and help Mother Gaia and move through their own ascension process. And a part of it is what we're talking about is that when we were in our full spirit essence, we felt love. There's no separation. But when we, I call it falling from grace, when we fell from grace in the sense of we disconnected or we chose to come to the earth plane, then that's why we're searching for love because that is the essence of who we are. So we're trying to fill it through human beings where, again, we're trying to return back to the God essence. It doesn't mean that we can't find love in physical forms because we do. That's a part of it. But when we get caught up into that romantic ideal and we get caught in the hamster wheel uh, where people marry umpteen times or they have umpteen boyfriends or they just, you know, keep searching for love in all the wrong places, uh, it might be behoove you to begin to take some look within yourself and find out, you know, where the hole is or where the void is or what's missing. Yeah. Begin to get real clear with yourself. So that's my understanding of what, why we're searching for this love, because we're really searching to go back to that energy that we felt when we were in spirit essence. Yeah. That, that's elusive here to us in human form. <laughs> and yet we can have moments of it. We can, you know, I, I'm not in that state. I'm not going to lie and say I am. I'm not, you know, in that state. But I understand the difference to some degree. And I understand that... Um, it really takes work at working through these soul lessons and challenges to be able to move into self-love and, and to begin to master ourselves. So I'm 65 now, and I was a mess when I first started this when I was 28. I'm, you know, over the years, my spiritual work has helped me tremendously. If I hadn't, if the masters had not come to me, I don't really know what would have, you know, where I would have been. I'm so, so grateful that they've helped me in so many ways of my life, that I'm sane, I'm grounded, you know, I don't have a messy life. And I'm just really, really, really grateful for all they have done for me. It's changed my life. It is my life. And I want to share with others that they too can move through the journey. It's not always easy, but it is rewarding when you understand, um, you understand there's a higher purpose for your life and you have faith, not fear. And you can move forward into your life knowing there's a reason and a purpose. And for me, this is what I do. I'm really lucky to find my purpose. I'm really, really, really grateful. So it's given me a lot of um, a lot of joy and a lot of happiness to be able to share this with others. This, so I thank you for allowing me to, to be on today. And Sarah's book is all about, you know, moving into that. So that's the next book. <laughs> yeah. So before we jump into the lightning round, um, I mean, I'd love for you. This is your third book. And you're working on it right now. So if you could just kind of share with us a little bit about, you touched on it a bit, but if you could give us the spiel, <laughs> tell us what it's all about. <laughs> well, Sarah is, is Jesus and Mary Magdalene's daughter, and she's the, whole, the missing Holy Grail. She recently told me that she is the Black Madonna, which I thought was either Mary Magdalene or Mother Mary. I always thought it was Mother Mary, but she said she's the Black Madonna and that, um, She's here because she's here to help us 
to understand those missing pieces within ourselves. Like we were talking about finding that balance. That's what Sarah's job is, that she held, she was light conceived and held in the energy of the sacred, um, the balance of the divine feminine masculine. That's what we're all to return to. We're all to return. Remember, we, we got divided in our spark, the other half of our twin flame. We're here to unify that energy within us, in our spirit essence, to be able to hold that frequency and that light within us to the best of our ability to, to live in joy and remembrance of our divine spark, divine essence. So spirit is, is bringing this frequency to us now. Her energy is coming to help us to be in balance. Our earth is out of balance. People are out of balance. And with this pandemic, there's so much fear that it's even creating even more imbalance and separation with people. And part of the reason that Spirit had told me that this uh, pandemic has come uh, is for because when we, what we call fell from grace, when we disconnected and came to the earth, then we lost our connection to God and we became fearful. So this fear is so prevalent now with innocence showing up to be purged. It's for us to take a look at our fears and to turn in and to find that sacred still point within us to return back to balance, to know our truth that we are spirit, to not let fear rule us, but return back to our faith and our oneness. So that's her job that she's now bringing. And it's timely because I channeled that book at the end of December of 2017 into 18 and I let it set for over three years so I thought am I going to do this or not do it it's kind of how I did divine union and then it finally fell into place but it's um it's I'm feeling it's time because of what's happening globally uh that and plus as we see all the climate change and all the natural disasters and the fires in California and all this that we understand as climate change it's really really time for all life species to return to balance for us to honor all life that's first honoring ourselves, honoring our planet and being able to now live and join remembrance as spirits that we're here by divine appointment and we're here to serve and to honor and to respect all of life yeah i just channeled through um i was really called to do an akashic uh reading for co- to talk about covid specifically mm-hmm. uh, i just felt like um yeah, I was just really guided to do that. And it made perfect sense in regards to where we're at sort of this in-between time of, I know for myself, I had just gotten comfortable being around people again and <laughs> having my freedom back. Um, and now it seems like, like in my county, it's, you know, we're, we, we're wearing our masks again. Um, the numbers are kind of going through the roof locally. And so, you know, people are talking about, are we going to end up going into lockdown again? These sorts of things. And it's like, we're really kind of in a bit of a in-between time. Um, mm-hmm. And I felt like it was really important to be able to share what COVID's all about, you know, the underlining purpose of it, what it's here to teach us, the opportunities that we can find in the midst of it. Um, and it sounds like with your book and Sarah's message, it's like a way overarching <laughs> sort of uh, message in of that or something similar of that for like the whole world, not just COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. When is your, when is the book supposed to come out or when are you hoping to release it? I'm hoping it'll be done by the end of the year, the first of the year. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. 
All right, Miss Lee, are you ready for the lightning round? I am. Let's see if I can answer them. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we may have covered just a little bit of these, but we'll be all right. Um, Okay. So number one, what is the one habit that you can't live without? Whoops. Uh-oh. My one habit? Oh, it's my caffeine. It's my iced tea. (laughs) What kind of iced tea? Just regular black brood iced tea. Just good old tea. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink soda. I drink my water, my tea. I, I, my mother raised us on tea. I think I got addicted. So that's my only addiction. I <laughs> drink iced tea. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. Okay. Number two, what does spirituality mean for you? It means living in a, a place of peace and joy and contentment, being calm, being centered, being grounded, just allowing yourself to just be in that. I call it bliss. And so I'm hoping that I attain that even uh, before I move out of the body, that I am able to elevate into that place of, of divine love and peace. I have snippets of it, but, you know, it isn't in my daily life all the time. I mean, it's I don't feel it all the time. Let's put it that way. We're in human bodies. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot happening to, to keep us out, I guess. Um, Okay. Number three, what is your advice to anyone who's looking to find their purpose? Their purpose. I would say don't try to look so hard because um, I like this saying. I don't know where it came from. The way knows you. You may not know the way, but the way knows you. Mm. So your pathway will unfold just like mine unfolded. So you have to do some level of work. Like I went and got my degree, which prepared me. Uh, but did I think I was going to be channeling? Did I think I was going to be doing anything I was doing? No, no. I thought I was going to be a psychotherapist probably for my career. And then I thought, oh, I'll be a massage therapist. And then lo and behold, things changed. So if you're in alignment with your soul and you're, say, open and don't resist change, then the way will find you. Because the way knows you. That's my advice. I like that. I read that. I go, oh, I really like that. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Last question. Where uh, where can people connect with you online? My website is leechapin.com. So it's L-E-A-C-H-A-P-I-N.com. And I have a YouTube channel. So if you YouTube me or Google me, just Lee Chapin, you can go to my YouTube channel. Uh, every Monday morning, I channel the mystical teachings of Mary Magdalene, and I put them on my YouTube channel. So you can find all those recordings of Mary's teachings, Jeshua and Mary's teachings on my YouTube channel. So anyhow, I want to thank you for having me. And I really appreciate this. It's been fun. And I'm so glad I got to meet you and see you today. And you're delightful. And you are a great interviewer. You did a great job. You were thank really you. good. So. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks so much for being here with us today, folks. If you enjoyed this interview, please leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe. If you are looking to join community, check out my Patreon community, The Soul Driven Collective, and come and join us. Or you can sign up for the email list to receive podcast updates and helpful resources. Thank you for being with us today. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next week.